FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Let the games begin! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 92 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason. My energy is weaking, <laughs> minimal, and um, it's time for another bonus flashback episode as we uh, talk about Marvel's first ever miniseries, Contest of Champions! Um, yeah, pretty much features with Wolverine, every other superhero in 1982 Marvel. We'll also look at some other um, Wolverine appearances right around that time. And um, yeah, that, that's going to be it. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, so first up we have Contest of Champions! Marvel's first ever miniseries. It's a three-issue miniseries, and it features everybody. Every hero you love and everyone you've never heard of. <laughs> the stories are by Mark Gruenwald, Bill Mantlow, and Stephen Grant, with each script by Bill Mantlow. Pencils by John Romita Jr., so that's a pretty big gig for him. Uh, inks by Pablo Marcus. Letters by Joe Rosen. Colors by Andy Yankis and Patricia DeFalco. And there's some additional art by Bob Layton. Issue 1. Our first cover is by John Romita Jr. And it's basically like a little Marvel poster. I have a whole bunch of heroes all kind of looking shocked, angry, shaking their fist, all looking kind of up at what's going on. And Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions featuring every single superhero on Earth in the greatest battle of all. And kind of across the front of the cover is the Human Torch. He's kind of the focal point. But very close to front and center are a couple of X-Men. And Cyclops and Wolverine are among them. Um, so that's pretty cool. Wolverine's pretty uh, pretty close to the middle. Uh, it's a pretty nice cover. Pretty clean. Everybody looks pretty good except for Dazzler has a squishy face. Small complaint. Silver Surfer is right on the front of this cover and never shows up in the comic. That was kind of disappointing. All right. So, issue one. Basically, every Marvel hero from the most well-known to the most obscure are transported by red energies to a space arena. The Grand Master and the Unknown, two immortal elders, have gathered them for a game. They'll each pick 12 heroes to collect the four corners of a golden globe that are spread to the four corners of the Earth. Wait, golden globe? Like the award? Um, whoever's team wins, if the Grandmaster wins, he gets his bro back, the Collector. But if he loses, he becomes dead like his bro. The Unknown, one doesn't really get anything, it doesn't seem, but she's there because she was invited. Well, actually, she has the power to resurrect the Collector. But hey, there's no freebies in Resurrection. 
As an incentive to the heroes, the Earth is held in suspended animation until the game is over. So uh, they gotta play along. So our two um, immortals draft. Uh, the Grandmaster picks first, and he picks Captain America. No real surprise, but then the Unknown picks Vanguard, who is basically Captain Russia. He's like a cross between, but he has a hammer. So he's like a cross between Captain America, Thor, and Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. So those are our two team captains, I guess. Then they continue to pick their team. The Grandmaster picks Captain America. Talisman, who I've never heard of, Dark Star, Wolverine, Captain Britain, Defensor, who's like a conquistador, never heard of him either, Sasquatch, She-Hulk, Daredevil, Le Peregrine, Thing, and Blitzkrieg. The Unknown picks Vanguard, Iron Man, Shamrock, Iron Fist, Storm, the Arabian Knight, Sabra, the Invisible Woman, Angel, Black Panther, Sunfire, and the Collective Man. And then they break up the globe and dispense it to the four corners of the Earth. So, of course, everybody's on the cover. But then on our inside flap, we have a floating heads uh, full page. And Wolverine made that, so that was nice. Really nice art in this book. Uh, the Avengers training sequence in their gym is really, really nice. <laughs> and, of course, we have the Red Ghost and his skullet. He's fighting the uh, Russian superhero squad, which is basically uh, Vanguard, the Red Robot, Dark Star, and Big Bear Man. So when everybody's carried away, uh, they teleport off in a BAMP. Thought that was interesting. The Danger Room is also a really nice panel. We have the X-Men, Colossus, Storm, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Cyclops fighting some golden robots. And then they bamf away and there's nothing left but smoking robot parts. That's a really cool panel. It's really, really nice. When Dazzler teleports away, she's singing in a club. And she's gone and her microphone is left in midair. And it looks really, really tall. Like, it goes up to the top of the curtain. And the audience looks tiny. So I guess she's like the, what, 10,000 foot woman? Or whatever that old B movie was. Hey, Quasar, your energy is leaking. <laughs> yeah, there's a pill for that. Sabra is fighting Cobra Commander. Are all these heroes real? <laughs> Do they all pre-exist? No. Some of these are their first appearance. Like Blitzkrieg, or Defensor, the Conquistador. There is a big spread where all the heroes show up in the arena. Beast looks like he's crowd surfing. And, um, why is little baby Falcon crying like a baby? Did someone take him from nap time? Was that where he was when they stole him? Little nap time? Yeah, all the heroes look shocked, scared, aghast, their mouths agape. Wolverine bumps into Alpha Flight and like, uh-oh, wait a second. I thought they were all squared away by this point. So Captain Britain and Shamrock may not get along politically, but that doesn't stop him from checking out her ass, because he definitely is. He's going to get lucky. So Professor X meets the bald lady from Star Trek. Love at first dome. And Wolverine just wants out of the cage, which fits Wolverine. So like I said, it makes sense that Captain America is first pick. But Vanguard number two? Um, Ryan Leaf, anybody? So it was cool in the back of, of all these issues. They have a who's who and basically little bios of all the heroes, like everybody. And it gives their first appearance. Thought that was really cool. So I put out on Facebook and Twitter 
for people to draft their own champions, a team of 12, and nobody responded. <laughs> but hey, you know, if you're just hearing this idea or if you're just too late, send them in anyway. I'll address them uh, in a later episode. But I picked my 12. I would also start off with Captain America. He's the penultimate ultimate soldier. So he's a legit first pick. Then my second pick would be Wolverine. I mean, he fights everybody. He's got a healing factor, unbreakable bones. What else do you want? Um, then I went, my big man would be the Thing. And then I went with Black Panther because he's a badass. Then Thor because he's a god. Iron Man because he's super smart and super powerful. Then I went with Doctor Strange um, in case I encounter anything mystical. Uh, then I went with Storm because she's one of the strongest characters and she can fly and she can control the elements and I just like her. Then I went with Spider-Man because, hey, those webs would be nifty for grabbing one of those uh, pieces of the Golden Globe. And then um, I went with she- uh, Kitty Pride in case we need to move through anything. Then the Invisible Woman because invisibility is always um, a plus. Plus her... Um, Force fields. And I went with Cyclops because his optic blast can pulverize shit. So that rounds up my 12. Anyway, that's my 12 based on 1982 Marvel superheroes based on the parameters of the mission. So I actually didn't pick my 12 favorite heroes. I picked the 12 that I thought would help me win this game. That's how I went. Anyway, issue one. thought the art was really pretty good. Uh, Ramita really uh, does, does a... Pretty good job here. Uh, the story is all set up, but it's not bad. Our motives are clear, but man, there's some really, really dumb heroes. I mean, really, really dumb. And there's some really, really bad stereotypes, <laughs> especially the international heroes. Like, really, Arabian Night has a flying carpet, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So, yeah, um, like the Irish lady has a shamrock on her head, and you know. Uh, there's a Native American guy in headdress. Uh, typical stuff. The Blitzkrieg. You know, whatever. The German guy. So yeah, some pretty bad stereotypes. But it was 1982. And of course, we have the mystery of who's this unknown character. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to give issue number one four out of six claws. That's going to take us to issue number two. On the cover, we have the Grandmaster and the Unknown Basically, like big giants on a table. We have some heroes running out to fight each other. Uh, in this case, we have Captain America, the Arabian Knight, Iron Man, Sunfire, She-Hulk, Darkstar, and Iron Fist running out to meet Talisman, Daredevil, Sabra, Invisible Woman, and Defensor. Uh, this cover is pretty blah. It's not horrible, but it's not very good. But it says, and the game begins! Alright, so, um, turns out, our teams of 12 are then split into four groups of three each and transported to the spots uh, where the globe pieces are and they're to duke it out. Because uh, remember, whoever gets the most pieces wins. We have an Arctic playground where the Grandmaster's team is Daredevil, Talisman, and Darkstar versus the Unknown's team of Sunfire, the Invisible Woman, and Iron Fist. Uh, eventually, after some strategy and fighting, Daredevil grabs the orb, so the first piece goes to the Grandmaster. Then we go to an Old West ghost town, where the Grandmaster sends Defensor, She-Hulk, and Captain Britain 
versus the unknowns Iron Man, Arabian Knight, and Sabra. Uh, after lots of drama and fighting, the Arabian Knight gets the piece of the globe, so that's one piece to the unknown. And as you would expect, at the end of the first, I'm sorry, at the end of the second issue, we're all tied up. After the pieces are captured, by the way, the heroes are automatically sent back to the space station. So, um, we start off in the snow. It's pretty nice artwork. The invisible woman turning invisible in the snow looks really fantastic. And there's this part where Talisman spins his bull, bull thing and basically sends everybody to dream time. And the invisible woman going to dream time, that's a really nice psychedelic art panel. It looks really cool. Daredevil's powers, Ramina does a really good job with them. In fact... I would have loved to have seen early 80s Ramita do a Daredevil book. Did he? I know he goes to it at some point, but I don't remember when. But if it's not now, it should have been. Anyway, him and Iron Fist fighting in the snow is, is a really good fight sequence. Really great art. So that first group's pretty good. The second battle is really heavy-handed. We have the whole thing like Sabra and Arabian Knight on the same team. Of course, the Arabian... It, is prejudice against the Jewess, and the Jewess is pre- uh, prejudice against the Arabian Night. We have the whole, like, summation of the um, Middle East drama. And then not only that, he doesn't like her because she's a Jew, but also she's a woman, so we have all of that. We have really feminazi She-Hulk. Everything anybody says is, is an affront to her femininity. See, so, yeah, uh, whatever. Oh, um... So back to the first fight. Like I said, Daredevil and Iron Fist are cool. Uh, Sunfire's okay. Uh, nothing really to Talisman or Dark Star. Nothing to say. Nothing, yeah, just nothing to really go, oh, so that's what I've been missing. Let me check out these guys. Nope. I'm perfectly content to continue ignoring them. The second fight, everybody's dumb except for Iron Man, and even he's not very intriguing. But the art's really good. The only thing I'll say is the teleporting to the spots. I kind of wish they had to, like, follow clues, do detective work. You know, make this more than three issues and let them really have to hunt these pieces down and kind of just find them after they fight. So, that's cool. Um, I'm going to give issue number two three out of six claws. So, let's move on to our conclusion of this series. Issue number three. On the cover, this time by Hannigan and Milgram. And the winner, dot, 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 death! We have a giant skull floating in black space and our heroes all falling around it. It's a pretty nice cover. Uh, the pencils can be a little cleaner on some of the heroes. Wolverine looks kind of weak, but the skull looks awesome. So anyway, it does kind of give away the uh, reveal at the end, but we'll get there, I guess. So our heroes are still running around or being sent around in China. The Grandmaster sends Wolverine, Thing, and La Peregrine to fight the Unknown's Vanguard, Angel, and Black Panther. Wolverine and Black Panther fight in that, uh, I don't remember what it's called, I think it's Gen's tomb. It's that tomb with all the, like, statues of the soldiers. Like, it looks really cool. Anyway, it makes for a really cool fight, too. And Wolverine and Black Panther fight there is pretty badass. Angel and La Peregrine fight in the sky. And then Vanguard and the Thing play King of the Mountain. Um, Wolverine pins the Panther after a really great fight, and he's going to kill him. Um, Angel is outmatched, but he outsmarts Le Peregrine. The Thing, well, I mean, come on, is Vanguard. <laughs> so after the Thing whoops his butt, 
He distracts Wolverine, tells him not to kill his friend, and Panther breaks free. At the same exact time, Wolverine and Panther both sense the globe, and the thing grabs it. So then we go to the jungle, where the Grandmaster sends Captain America, Sasquatch, and Blitzkrieg to fight the unknown Storm, Shamrock, and Collective Man. Sasquatch takes out Collective Man. Storm wins the battle of lightning with Blitzkrieg, and Cap unfortunately cannot beat Shamrock's luck. And she luckily gets the globe. So, the Grandmaster and his team gets three out of four pieces, so he wins three to one. But the unknown reveals herself as death. The globe can truly bring the collector back, but balance must be maintained. And the globe can only be energized by an equal life force to the collector, who is bringing back. The Grandmaster's own equals the life force, or all the heroes put together. But uh uh-oh, the Grandmaster is ruined by his own game. He promised the Earth heroes as extra incentive on his team that if they won for him, not only would they win and the Earth would be put back to normal, but he would forever leave the Earth alone. And so, keeping to his word, he sacrifices himself. Uh, The Collector runs off with death and the heroes are returned home. So, our opening, not opening panel, we have a little summary, but then our, we have a full page, two page spread with the top two thirds, our heroes arriving in a, a mountain in a field. And that looks really awesome. Wolverine looks really cool. The thing and Lapera Green also look really cool. In fact, Lapera Green looks pretty awesome, if not unlike Battle of the Planets. Wolverine, of course, is immediately ready to go. Let's get to fighting. And uh, he's smoking a cigarette, but blowing giant cigar smoke rings. (laughs) And he gets reacquainted with the thing. Of course, remember, they met during the first Dazzler issue. But Wolverine says he's a loner. (sighs) Jeez, can Vanguard look any dumber? He's got to have the busiest, stupidest costume ever. And I won't lie, I was kind of hoping when I saw the teams for a Wolverine-Black Panther fight, and we get one. Unfortunately, we get a snick with no T at the end. I gotta say, this Wolverine-Black Panther fight is just awesome. And the Angel of Peregrine fight is pretty cool, too. He's a way too, like, stereotypically Frenchy kind of a douche, but his fighting style is pretty sweet. So, like we said, Wolverine is willing to kill Panther so his team can win till the thing uh, stops him. And Wolverine says, I don't play games. Well, except for all those games he plays with Nightcrawler and how he gets all the X-Men to play games now all the time in the Danger Room. But, you know, no games. Thing and Wolverine square off. Thor, uh, Thing says bring it any time. So see a possible rematch in the future. Wolverine, of course, is confident he had the panther beat and he had his claws out, about to stab him. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool, though, that they both find the globe at the same time. And the Thing, of course, gets it. So they... In the jungle, Sasquatch talks about how he's going to get stinky real fast because he's so big and so it has such thick fur. But then they show him sweating. And I'm not sure if he's sweating or lactating because it's right on his big peck and it's really, really thick white sweat. <laughs> and Wolverine can smell the unknown. It smells like decay. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so the art was really good in this issue, even better than the first two. And the story was very satisfying. Overall, I thought the contest was legit. Uh, We had some dumb fights, but also some really, really cool fights. Probably my favorite 
was Wolverine Black Panther. That's to be expected from me, I guess. Probably Angel and La Peregrine was a close second. Daredevil and Iron Fist, probably third. Uh, so those are my top three fights. With all our heroes together, that's some pretty, pretty cool fights. Yeah, this is a good, good first miniseries overall. I kind of went into it thinking it might be kind of lame, but it really was really satisfying. And I'm going to give Contest of Champions number three, five out of six claws. So, like I said, don't be, feel like you missed it. Uh, get your get your champions roster in late, and I'll still do it next flashback episode. Talk about it, I don't know, in the intro or the outro, wherever. But yeah, really good miniseries. Um, if you've never read it, you should check it out. John Romita Jr. just, he nails the art. And hey, what do you know? Bill Mantlo turns in some pretty good scripting. Some of the dialogue is a little, uh, a little groan-worthy. But overall... I would say the miniseries was, it gets thumbs up. If I had to grade the whole series, I'd probably give it four out of six claws. That would be the average of my scores, I think. All right, cool. Let's talk about some uh, other Wolverine things. Okay, so next up, we're going to talk about Marvel Team-Up, number 117 and 118. So, 117 features Spider-Man and Wolverine. It is written by J.M. DeMatteis, art by Herb Tripp, Herm Trumpy, uh, inked by Mike Esposito, letters Joe Rosen, colors Bob Sharon. Sense and Senses. Uh, this cover is almost awesome. We have like a half-tone black background with this big spider web, and then Wolverine and Spider-Man jumping out. And Wolverine looks great, except for his leg is obviously broken, which with adamantium bones, that can't happen, right? And then Spider-Man, for some reason, one of his hands was stung by a bee. It's really swollen. Other than those two things, it's an awesome cover, or would be an awesome cover. And, oh, and it's by Bob Layton and Joe Rubenstein. I like the way Layton draws Wolverine's claws. I don't know if I would want them like that all the time, but it's a cool interpretation. So yeah, really nice cover overall with a couple of minor proportion things. But hey, whatever. So Wolverine is playing tag with a big buck in the woods, and he's being watched. He's attacked by a sci-fi centurion. He accuses him of trespassing and insists he come back to see the master so he can settle his trespassing. Uh, Wolverine asks, you and what army? And immediately gets an answer with an army of sci-fi centurions. Wolverine kicks centurion army ass, but is eventually bested by a gas grenade and captured. We meet the professor who is studying superheroes. He sends his guys in flying cars to capture Spider-Man. Spidey gets away but puts a spider tracer on one of the flying cars. Wolverine wakes up in an arena floor. He smells no humans. He's attacked by a knight but he knows it's a robot so he quote unquote kills it. And it escapes through the wall to a Roman orgy. Spider-Man follows his tracer to a clearing where a castle comes out of the ground. He enters it and through traps finds Wolverine fighting robots. Uh, They think each other are robots and Wolverine attacks before recognizing Spider-Man's scent. So, of course, after their obligatory fight, they team up. A giant robot gives them three choices. There's a plane about to gas a prison. There's an army marching on a small town. Or there's a map of the castle, and they can find and capture the master. Wolverine's mad. He tells Spidey to go to town. He'll track down the master. Let the prisoners die. 
Uh, I guess he forgot about the guards because he said everybody there is guilty. They deserve it. But there's got to be like guards and cafeteria workers and stuff. Uh, Spidey says, nope, he's going to get out of the prison and leaves. So Wolverine has to choose between saving the town or getting revenge. And he's super mad about it. But of course, he knows he has to go save the town. Both our heroes succeed and rendezvous back at the castle to discover it went underground. And we revealed that our professor is Professor Power. Apparently he's been in Avengers books. I don't know who he is. All right, so the art is not bad. has its moments. The story is actually a pretty good portrayal of Wolverine. Um, and a really nice interaction between Spider-Man and Wolverine. Um, just the way they interact is really cool and, and they team up. I do really like the choice they have at the end. And because it's a difficult choice. And there's three things and two heroes. So they have to leave one out. I thought that was cool. But overall, the plot's kind of dumb. Oh, I forgot to mention about the cover. It's our first time that Wolverine has like a cover logo, like featured on the cover. And it's not the one we'll come to know and love, but it's pretty cool looking. So anyway, overall, I'm going to give Marvel Team Up 117 three out of six claws. No, oh, it was also uh, Wolverine's first solo team-up. I know uh, he had that thing in Treasure, Marvel Treasury Edition where he fought Hercules by himself. But they, I don't really think they teamed up. They just they quit fighting and had a drink. They didn't team up and fight anybody else. So this is Wolverine's first team-up and really first guest appearance. This Marvel Treasury was not really anybody's book. Don't count that as a guest appearance. So this is his first guest appearance by himself without the X-Men. So all in all, it's kind of a big deal for Wolverine. So, all right, let's move on to issue 118. This is also written by J.M. DeMatteis. Art, again, by Herb Trempe. Inks by Mike Esposito. This time, the letter is Diana Albers. The color, of course, is Bob Sharon again. And um, our cover is by John Romina Jr., it's Marvel team up with Spider-Man and Professor X, Meaning of the Minds. And it looks kind of old school, like Golden Age. It's not bad. It's okay. Not really special. Kind of meh. All right, so after last issue's hijinks, Wolverine invites his new friend Spider-Man over to play at his house. In the danger room, Professor X nags Wolverine for being a bad host because it was like 4.30 in the morning and Spider-Man's tired. And he shouldn't have to go through the danger room. So let's everybody get ready for breakfast with the X-Men. Professor X reveals he has a meeting with Professor Power. Spider-Man hitches a ride in town on top of the limo. But his spider sense goes off. So he follows Professor X into Professor Power's mansion. Professor Power is nuts and tries to give all of Professor X's power, mental powers to Mentalo. As Spidey fights Mr. Fix-It. Our heroes, of course, win because Professor Powers is a horrible father. Professor X lets our young readers know that it's always okay to lie to the cops. The end. So yeah, Wolverine, obviously not host of the year. But I like him and um, Spider-Man fighting in the danger room. In fact, Spider-Man in the, in the danger room is pretty sweet. And then we get Wolverine's claws. We get a flick and a whack. Which is not snicked or snacked. Uh, I feel like J.M. DeMatteis is uh, single-handedly trying to make a power play on changing the sound of Wolverine's claws. 
you knew what to say, it doesn't work. I mean, we're eight years in almost on the character. You can't change his sound now, and you should know what it is. So Wolverine's annoyed because Kitty fawns over Spider-Man. And why is breakfast so dangerous that Colossus is armored up the whole time? So mind-wiping the cops. <laughs> Professor X ever the role model. Alright, so the art, not bad. Not as good as the previous issue. The story, again by Demetrius, is really pretty good characterization and interaction. And Spider-Man's pretty clever. You know, we have our nice Spidey sense of humor. But man, the plot is just too dumb. Professor Power is an idiot. He's not a good character. Yeah, I'm going to give Marvel Team-Up number 118 two out of six claws. So overall, these uh, two Marvel Team-Up issues are kind of a big deal to Wolverine, but not that great of stories. But he is characterized well. I mean, he fits... He acts like Wolverine, so that's that's cool. And Mateus is a good, or Dave Mateus, I'm sorry, is a good writer. I just, this wasn't the best story. But I feel like he told it as good as he could have without changing the plot. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but it is what it is. So, okay, so next up we have The Return of the Hulk. And Hulk, uh, The Incredible Hulk, number 278 and 279. Right. 278 is written by Bill Mantlo, uh, pencils by Sal Basima, inks by Joe Sinnott, letters by Jim Novak, colors by Bob Sharon. Number 279 is written by Bill Mantlo, pencils by Mark Gruenwald, inks by Greg LaRoque, letters by Janice Chang, colors by Bob Sharon. So, these covers, the 278, they're by their respective artists. 278 by Sal Basima. 279, actually, is not by Gruenwald. It's by the anchor LaRoque does the whole cover. And one cover, we have Hulk running towards the White House, shouting, give me amnesty or give me death. And we have all the heroes racing to greet him, presumably in battle. And then 279, we have the Hulk being carried on the shoulders of all the heroes. So this is what acceptance feels like. Neither cover is great in and of itself, but together, it's a cool concept. The speech bubble by the Hulk is like in the same place relative to the cover. And then like one issue, he's running his back towards the heroes. Maybe he's bad, maybe he's not. And then the other one, he's smiling, facing the front with the heroes. It's a cool concept. All right, so 278. After defeating the UFOs on national TV, the Hulk is now smart. He has Banner's brain. So he wants to get amnesty and seeks forgiveness for all the destruction he's caused as the Hulk before. So he gathers all the heroes to go with him to Washington, D.C., seeking a presidential pardon. After leading the heroes to defeat an alien invasion, turns out he is pardoned. He gets it. Reagan pardons him. All right, 279. So the Hulk returns to New York City with a parade and a giant celebration. It's really more like when a sitcom character dreams of being recognized. Like everybody in the show like comes up and gives them a high five and ridiculous accolades. That's kind of what we get here. Because everybody is there to love on the Hulk. But he spies Betty who can't be with the Hulk. She can't be with Bruce anymore either. And suddenly the newfound glory of the Hulk is alone in a crowd. Oh, and by the way, the leader is behind all this. So, 278. We get a snick again with no T, stupid Bill Mantlo. But it is cool that Wolverine is the one that leads the attack against the UFOs. And then, 
At the end of the comic, the leader says, Soon the Hulk and the whole world will get it, and the leader shall be the one who gives it to him. Which I just thought was funny that he's giving it to us with his giant green penis of a head. Um, anyway, uh, 278. All right, so this Basima art is really good. It really fits the Hulk, especially inked by Joe Sinnott. It just looks, it's really cool. I like it a lot. And the story's not bad. It's interesting enough. Like, the Hulk's smart. He wants to atone. Uh, he wants to, like, officially be, like, to offer his apologies and seek forgiveness. Like, that's cool. I like that. Pretty good story. And really good art. And we see lots of different heroes. So, I'm going to give Incredible Hulk 278 four out of six claws. 279. So... The only drawback, or the biggest drawback to these issues is that Wolverine's been talking about waiting to get his hands, or his claws, on the Hulk again after kind of losing to him on his first mission. It's his first and only failure. He doesn't like that. But here he is with all the other heroes ready to pat the Hulk on the back. Now, granted, I'm sure like everybody else, he can recognize the Hulk has changed, which that's fine. But, I don't know. Seems a little easy. Uh, and then also in 279, Dan Rather gives our summary of the previous issue. Oh, and the presidential pardon. We see what the president writes, and it says David Bruce Banner. I guess that's because of the TV show. All right, so okay, you can get some pardon, yeah. That's fine. A pardon is forgiveness for things past. But now he's given the key to the city? For what? Oh, and when everyone's applauding, instead of clapping, Wolverine just pops his claws. Oh yeah! Snick, snick! <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's how he celebrates. So, claws applause? Mm, get it? Oh, also get it? Because Bob Wild Walters talks funny. Bill Mantlo really goes to town, putting lots of W's in her uh, dialogue. Doctor Strange wears guy liner. Then they also make an adamantium statue of the Hulk. Uh, so the only naysayer in this issue is J. Jonah Jameson. And I hate to be on his side, but yeah, this whole thing just goes too far. And the Marvel Wives send Hulk love letters. Uh, we had, who was it there? Rachel Milgram and Karina Mantlo. So the Marvel uh, Wives love the Hulk too. So again, the art by Gruenwald. Really, really nice. This story is just too much. I can't, I can't take it. Just way too much. I'm going to give Incredible Hulk 279, two out of six claws. And I feel like I'm being generous on that one. I do like this turn that the Hulk is taking, and I do like seeing Gruenwald draw all these heroes. And the art really is really nice. So yeah, the whole story overall, the little, little Hulk Wolverine doesn't do too much. He just kind of is there with all the other heroes. He does lead the fight when the UFOs crash. That part's kind of cool. So next we find Wolverine in some, a couple of issues of Marvel 2-in-1, which of course features The Thing. We have annual number 7 and issue number 96. Annual number 7 is written by, oh, and they shall call him dot 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 champion. Is written by um, Tom DeFalco with pencils by Ron Wilson. Uh, we have an army of inkers. It looks, it's kind of hard to read on my copy here. It's kind of smudged. Camp Esposito, Gia Coya, Green, Gill, and Stone. Jim Novak is a letterer. George Rousas. I don't know if I'm saying that right at all. Does the colors. The cover is by Ron Wilson. And it's basically Thing as Rocky. Get it? Because he's Rocky and he's a boxer. And Rocky's a boxer. Oh boy. 
Anyway, it's Thing in boxing gloves flanked by the biggest, bulkiest heroes in the Marvel Universe. Colossus, Sasquatch, Thor, Hulk, Wonder Man, and Namor. So, this guy named Proja sets up intergalactic planetary, planetary intergalactic boxing matches against the champion. And now it's Earth's turn. He picks all the strongest heroes. So all the guys on the cover plus Doc Samson. So, and then all the heroes are either disqualified or lose. And last up, it's the thing. He really just gets murdered, but he won't quit. So the champion remains the, uh, er, champion. But he lavishes the thing with praise for his undying spirit. Okay, so... Uh, Wolverine is in here after Colossus disappears. The X-Men gather. Uh, Wolverine has rubbery legs. It's hard for him to walk. But uh, he does promise Kitty that they'll find Colossus. Um, He says, nothing's going to happen to him. That's a promise from Wolverine. We do find out that Smart Hulk still has rage issues. Kind of like Wolverine's berserker. Uh, Namor refuses to fight. That's why he gets disqualified. Hulk gets disqualified because he loses his mind. Thor uses his hammer. That's how he gets disqualified. I do kind of think that the champion not fighting a Berserker Hulk is kind of punky. Of course, the Human Torch wants to buy tickets. The She-Hulk whines about being left out. The X-Men, of course, in this silly book are serious. They try to save everybody by getting... Oh, the fight's in this giant impenetrable bubble. And Cyclops and Wolverine try to bust the bubble, but they can't. Oh, the champion's this big Street Fighter dude. He's blue. He's huge, and he has long red hair that starts halfway down his skull and goes halfway down his back. So he looks pretty horrible. We get a double snick, neither of which have a T on the end. So a bloody beat-up thing looks pretty cool. And, um... Did you know even alien boxers wear Everlast shorts? All right, so the art in this issue is okay. Uh, The story, maybe seven-year-old me would have loved it, but 35-year-old, not so much. I mean, we just had Contest of Champions, which was a much better version of getting everybody together to fight against their will. This one, we have uh, Rocky training montages, and not even that can save it. Um, I'm going to give Marvel 2-in-1 Annual number 7, 1 out of 6 claws. And that takes us to issue number 96. This is written again by Tom DeFalco, pencils by Ron Wilson, inks by Mike Esposito, letters by Joe Rosen, colors by George Rusis. On the cover by Ron Wilson, we have the thing in the hospital and a nurse shushing all the heroes in the hall, including Wolverine, as they're fighting bad guys in the hall, and the nurse wants them to shut up. It's a funny cover. Not bad. It's pretty good. So basically, the thing is in the hospital, bored off his mind, and all the heroes are trying to protect him, and all his villains say, hey, perfect time to take out the thing. And while the thing is complaining about being bored, all the superhero visitors fight off his villains. Thought it was really dumb that the Fantastic... He's in the hospital because the Fantastic Four headquarters is not equipped medically to heal him. Which, that's like the most advanced building on the planet. So that's pretty stupid. So we have a nurse named Nurse Hasselbutt. Cue canned laughter. And every scene she's in is basically a... uh, two-camera sitcom. Uh, In fact, let's read a scene. Hey, Denise. You want to come read it and do a dramatic reading? Sure. All right. So the thing is having too many visitors. And and the nurse comes in and says, Hmm, 
I see you still have quite a crowd here, Mr. Grimm. <laughs> That's the, the, the studio audience can laughing. Nurse Hasselbutt. What a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Get it? She has a funny name. Don't try to sweet talk me, young man. I already know your game, and it won't work. No cigars and no beer. Ooh. <laughs> Let me see that thermometer. At least you don't bite through this one like <laughs> the last seven. <laughs> and thinks to himself, sheesh, I bet even Dr. Doom has a better, has a sweeter bedside manner. <laughs> Stares at the camera as we all laugh. Anyway, this whole thing reads like a bad sitcom. And that's, that's kind of the gist of what you get in this issue. So I'm going to give uh, Marvel 2-in-1 number 96... Even though it's cheesy, it's a little bit funnier. And we get to see all these heroes fight. And the art's not bad. I'll give it two out of six claws. All right, cool. All right, so that's going to do it for our bonus flashback episode on the Contest of Champions. Uh, Let's see, what did we learn about Wolverine? Well, I thought it was cool that he was included in the first Marvel miniseries. It wasn't really that special, but he did make one of the two teams, and his fight was one of the latter fights. So we're seeing his popularity continue to soar. He gets reacquainted with the Thing and Spider-Man. He smokes cigarettes in this one, so we're still going back and forth. Uh, But cigar smoke rings, so they're just confused. He emphasizes that he's a loner, and and for his mission, he's willing to even kill another hero. That's interesting. We got his first uh, solo logo on a cover on the Marvel team-up. His first solo guest appearance without the X-Men. His first solo team-up. Of course, he's willing to let the prisoners die. I kind of feel like that's the typical Spider-Man slash insert anti-hero here. It's always like, oh, let the, let the villains die or I'll kill them or whatever. And Spider-Man's like, no, save everybody. All right. And we also find out that Wolverine applauds with his claws and he decides not to take a shot at the Hulk. All right. I well, hope you enjoyed that. Next up, we will uh, start our June comics in our current issues. Please leave an iTunes review. Please like the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at SnickCast. Uh, you can go to the website. For show notes, such as Denise's Marathon fundraising link, that's snickcast.podbean.com. Um, you can email snickcast at yahoo.com. Uh, really, please, I know if you feel like it's too late, it's not. If you want to send in your uh, your own champion 12-man roster, I'd love to hear what people think. You can either pick your 12 favorites, or you can do like I did and pick the 12 you think best suited for the mission, whatever. So, all right, well, anyway, until next time, hugs and snicks, bye.